Hey, 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 you're listening to the Strong and Capable Podcast with Bridgette Heller, where we talk about radical motivation, life's ups and downs, and all the victories that come with it. Guess what? I'm excited to announce to you today that you can officially register for the Awake community. This is the strong and capable community that I call Awake because it is for women and men who are living awake, who understand that there is a whole life out there, a whole journey that they don't want to just be on the sidelines sleeping through. They want to be present, fully present and intentional with their choices. This is the place where people who want to be healthier, happier, start the business, have the love, have a positive mindset, work through all the self-talk, this is where they hang out. It's $19.99 a month. You can sign up on the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com backslash awake. And if you sign up this month, like I said, it's $19.99 and you'll get that for life. The prices will go up. But for founders, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't even a question. You're like, yes, we're on this ride. Coolest part for you who listen to the podcast is that the themes of the class will match the podcast. So you'll get the maximum amount of immersion into these subjects where we'll be having special guests, we'll be having guidebooks, we'll have all these amazing things within the community that will truly lift you and help you live awake. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Strong and Capable podcast. I have Jake Parker here. Jake, you want to say hey? Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad you're here. I've been excited about this interview. Jake is a friend of our family. And so this is fun because it intersects all of the things I love, podcasting and friendship and exploring our journey. So I'm really excited about today in a very nerdy, giddy way. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to introduce Jake real quick. Jake Parker is a New York Times bestselling illustrator who started drawing long before he could form full sentences. Is that true? How old were you when you were drawing? My mom says I I drew a, a sewing machine, her sewing machine, at 18 months. So interesting. It was very little. So I was singing in my crib, but I'm not a singer. So you did more with your 18 month old <laughs> self than I did. Good job. <laughs> right out the gate. Good job. <laughs> um, Jake was raised on a cultural diet of comic books, cartoons, and Legos. He dropped out of college to pursue his career in the animation industry. And he also began illustrating books and graphic novels in the comics and children's uh, book world. In 2009, he started the popular online art challenge, Inktober, which I had even heard about, and I'm not in the art world, so that tells you how big it is, right? Um, He's the co-founder of svslearn.com that teaches thousands of people how to become a professional illustrator like himself. He's a husband and father of five with three, five amazing children, not three. I have three, you have five. He currently works out of his home in Gilbert, Arizona. So thanks for coming on again, Jake. Do you want to add anything to that bio there? Yeah, well, just, uh, you know, going based on what we were talking about before this, I also have a podcast as well. So if mm-hmm. you want to hear three professional illustrators talk about creativity and some of the problems and, and. I guess, triumphs and setbacks that artists have or creative types have, then check out Three Point Perspective. Um, and uh, that's the podcast that I that I run. So yep. 
and that airs every other week. And I think you said you have some 72 or 78 episodes. So lots to learn from there. Yes, over over 70 episodes. And uh, we take questions and we do just, you know, my, my sister, and I also get this from other people now that my sister, you know, that's a little bit biased, but she's like, I like listening to it, not because you're my brother, but because the things you talk about actually apply to me as well, even though she doesn't draw and she's, Mm -hmm. she's not, you know, um, an artist per se, but she's like, it's just a lot of things you you get into is things that people, any, any sort of person sort of struggle with and you can kind of apply it. So we try to, you know, by going specific and niche, we end up uh, appealing to more people than we, than we expected. So. Yeah. I, I think that's usually how it works. And I know, like I mentioned, I had heard of Inktober. It's because I'm a creative person. I have a decorating mm-hmm. business, you know, on the side with um, strong and capable. And so like anything creative at all draws me in. So that makes mm-hmm. sense to me that if it's three point perspective that you're talking about that, but then analogies work for life and it's just how it mm-hmm. goes when you, you yeah. draw and you bring into that creative side. So I like that. Um, tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you start? So you started drawing at 18 months. We've already learned that. Right. <laughs> so how did we develop from there, from infancy? How did this journey go? Yeah, well, all growing up, I liked drawing. It was the thing that that I was good at. It was like my thing. Jake, Jake Parker, Jacob Parker, when I was little, I, you know, it was, he's the artist he likes to draw. And so, um, and so, you know, my, my interests in that vein changed over time. You know, I wanted to draw cars and then I wanted to draw superheroes and make, you know, comics and, and all different, all different kinds of things. Um, in high school, um, I was the guy that kind of drew all the t-shirts, you know, so if a club had a t-shirt mm-hmm. or a sports, uh, organization needed a t-shirt design, they, you know, reached out to me and among other artists, but I did, 20, 30 t-shirts, you know, all through high school. And the thing though, I could never figure out like, was this a hobby or was it a profession? Could it be a profession or was this always going to be like my hobby, you know? And I remember in high school, I was like just struggling with this because that's when they're like, you got to figure out college, you got to figure out what you're going to do. And and I didn't know any professional, I'll take that back. I knew one professional artist and he, his, he was like, um, he painted those decorative plates <clears throat> that you, you know, that grandma hangs on her wall. Right. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't want to do that. If that's <laughs> where the professional, you know, if that's professional art scene, uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not for me, but I knew there were artists that did comic books. I knew there were artists that did animation. I knew there were artists that did like concept art for film. I just didn't know like if that was something within my grasp, right? And and I remember one of my friend's dads was an architect and I was like, well, architects, they get to design buildings and that's like, seems artistic. And I, I was over at her house and I was like, hey, I just wanna ask you like, I like to draw, you know, I want to be, would, would architecture would be that, would that be like a good career option for me? He's like, oh, you like to draw? No. <laughs> so, he's like, it is not what you think it is. And he, I think he was having a down day that day, but he, he, he steered me clear of architecture. Uh, he said it wasn't for me. So, so it was just, yeah, scratching my head, trying to figure out what I should do. Um, fast forward a couple years, I went to um, Mesa Community College and I registered 
for art classes. And this was uh, just returning home from my two-year mission from a church. And I, I signed up for some art classes. I signed up for like the basic class. Uh, what are the, the regular classes you're supposed to take? The generals, you did your generals. generals. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and I was talking to my high school art teacher um, I, I went and visited him and he said, hey, you should try uh, sending your portfolio over to Fox Animation Studios. Now, at this time, Phoenix, uh, Arizona was the location of a of a essentially a Hollywood animation studio. They had moved their studio from Los Angeles to to Phoenix, I think, for budgetary reasons. Um, but there was, they were making animated films there in Phoenix. And I was like, really, this is going on here. They made the movie Anastasia. I don't know if you remember that with like Bartok, the, the little white bat. Yeah. So and was that you? So no, I, I hadn't worked on that movie, but they were staffing up for their second movie, okay. which was Titan AE. And uh, he's like, you should, you should just go shoot your shot. Right. <laughs> and yeah. So, and so I took my portfolio over there. Long story short, they hired me on as like entry level, you know, lowest position at the studio. I was like the assistant to the assistants of the animators, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, they offered me this job and they're like, hey, uh, you, do you want to work for us? It's 40 hour a week job. I was like, well, I can't do 40 hours a week because I'm still at school. And they're like, do you listen, do you want this job or not? <laughs> and so that I had to make this choice right then. It was stay in school, say no to the job, or um, or pause school, leave school and take the job. And ultimately I decided, you know, this school's not going anywhere. This job, I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again. I'm gonna take it. So there I was 21 years old working at this animation studio. And that was a huge um, like shift in my understanding because now I was surrounded by working professional artists and illustrators. And I treated that job like, like my school as well, because I was still learning and I still had still so much to learn. And so I, you know, a, a daily routine would be show up to work, do several hours of work, but then on my breaks, and we were required to take these 15-minute breaks, 30-minute breaks, um, I would go around to other departments and see what people were working on and how they were working on it. So I'd visit the background artists, and I'd visit the concept artists, and I'd visit all these different departments and just kind of, you know, you know, ask them, you know, how'd you do that? What, what brush are you using? What tool is that? And, and I would show them my work, too, and they'd give me pointers on it and help me out. And that was like a, that was like a huge, um, just a huge step in my uh, understanding of of the art world, or at least mm -hmm. that entertainment part of the art world, and also like how to how to learn, how to teach myself to learn outside of like the confines of a of a classroom. Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting because I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay. This, how is this applicable to those listening? Like if you're wanting to march to the beat of your own drum, if you have this dream and you're wanting to go for it, if you want to celebrate who you are and the quirky person and the quirks are talents in my mind. So if you want to do that, I'm, I'm hearing you say things like, okay, I just went for it. This was the opportunity. And so going for it and then alongside just going for it, allowing yourself to take the chance is curiosity. 
part of how you developed your talent and your skill and became who you are and your whole journey was curiosity. You allowed the world to be your teacher and not just like as it came at you magically, you sought it, you went for it, right? You like sought it out. I think that's uh, really cool because it's, it seems like in talking to you, that's just who you are. But for, I think a lot of people, they have to consciously choose that. So those are great. So too, and I, I think also like, I didn't just drop out of college for sake of dropping out of college. Like there was an opportunity presented to me. And I think that's the, um, you know, that's the advice I give to, to people in that situation. Um, you know, if college isn't working for you, don't drop out unless you have something better <laughs> to like move on to. And if, and if, uh, um, you know, if, if two or three things happen differently, I would have, finished out college and, and mm -hmm. got a different path, but because these opportunities presented themselves, um, you know, I decided to, to go down, go down those paths. Um, but yeah, I think you're right too. It's like, also it's a little risky. It's a little outside of the norm to like, to like do that. But, um, you know, I was choosing art as a career path and, mm -hmm. and there's no like one way to do it. So why not take a chance and try, you know, try something weird. Yeah. Go, go fully for it. I, I think if you're going to try it, go all out, go for it. But that, that there was like my first paradigm shift. Like my, mm -hmm. my, this change in understanding was, okay, there are actual, like art isn't just a hobby. It's a, it's a legitimate profession where you can, uh, you know, the studio had, had people paying mortgages and people driving nice cars and people supporting families. And I was like, okay, so you know, the starving artist thing is kind of a, a myth. Like there mm -hmm. actually is, um, you know, there is uh, something real here. So that was the first one. Then the second, so this, the studio, getting the job was the, the first paradigm shift. The second paradigm shift was the studio shutting down and, and like laying us all off. So the movie I was working on, it tanked at the box office, like $70 million budget, $7 million opening weekend, which if you know anything about movies, they try to make their money back that opening weekend, right? Yeah. Um, so it was a huge loss. And, and um, the heads of Fox Animation came out and visited us and said, listen, we can't afford to keep the studio open. We we're really hoping on this movie, like make it some money. So we are going to lay you all off. You're all without a job. Wow. So there I was like, well, gee whiz, you know, in the time that I was there, I'd gotten married, we were going to have a, a baby coming along the way. And it wasn't like I could just go back to school, like I, I needed to, mm -hmm. I needed an income. And this is, this is, uh, this was the other mind shift that I have. And that was, um, I, I was like scrambling for work. Like, what do I do? How do I even find a, a job now that, that does art? And a friend of mine, he, he said, Hey, well, you know, while you're looking, we've got a job here at this call center. We could, you know, you could, <laughs> you could get a job here, you know, making phone calls, making sales calls. And I was like, well, I guess it's better than nothing. I showed up to that interview and the guy looked at my resume and he looked at my like demeanor and he's like, you don't really want this job, do you? <laughs> I said, no. you know what? I don't want this job and I'm sorry, I'm wasting your time. He's like, no, it's no problem. Uh, see you. So I went home and I talked to my wife, Allison, and I was just like, what do I do? And she said, hey, and this is, you know, 
I owe, I owe a lot to her for this. She said, there's, um, we lived in Mesa, close to downtown Mesa, Arizona, and, and not far from there's a, a natural history museum and they were expanding. They're building out this dinosaur wing, doubling the size of the museum. She's like, you should just go down there and see if they need an artist. Like they probably need someone to do something. I was like, like it's worth a shot. So I went down there, found the person in charge of the expansion, said, hey, I'm an artist. I Here's my portfolio. Do you have any use for me? And I pretty much got hired on the spot. And he's like, yeah, I've got three other muralists and, and artists working and they need someone to help them out. Uh, you're hired. And so I ended up working at that job for several months. Uh, it ended, you know, it ended, it only lasted maybe four or five months, but that's when I realized like that was the other mind shift was there's always going to be a job for an artist, for mm-hmm. someone with my creative abilities. If I'm willing to look in these like odd places and weird places where I wouldn't have normally thought to, because everybody, and even more so today, so much of what we, uh, what we have contact with, with all the devices that we use and all the things that we look at, all of them have been through the hand of an artist. And so there's Mm -hmm. definitely that need there. And you just need to be willing to like, to like do it and try stuff. And that job was incredible too, because then I was, I was doing a hundred different things at that job, all creative, but all different. So, you know, one week it was painting a mural. The next week it was, Hey, we've got these styrofoam blocks. Can you carve these into a rock formation? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm looking up photos of, of rock formations and I'm painting it and texturing it and, and hey, we've got this like blank model of a of a prehistoric um, scorpion. Can, you know, it needs to be painted to look like a real scorpion. All right, I guess I'll do that now. So now I'm painting and texturing a scorpion. So, you know, it was it was a really cool job. And from that point on, I was like, okay, I will always work as an artist. I don't care. You know, I'm just going to find these jobs, mm-hmm. and that's what I've done. You know, ever so- since. That's interesting. Would you have considered before you got the little nudge from your fabulous wife, would you have considered yeah. yourself a muralist or a scorpion painter? Would that have been like, if you'd seen the ad, would you have been like, yep, that's me. Not at all. <laughs> but you know, it was just that again, it was like fault. You know, there's the, there's the two, like the, the two driving factors in a person's life. Well, I guess there's three, there's, there's opportunity, there's passion, and then there's skill. Mm-hmm. And if you can find those, if those three things overlap, you know, that Venn diagram, that sweet little triangle in the middle where those circles are overlapping, if you could find that, then you're, then you're set. And for me, it was, I had skill, I had um, passion, and this thing overlapped more on the skill opportunity side. Mm-hmm. And as I got into that, the passion sort of came along and I was like, oh, this is really fun. I like working like this Yeah, stuff. I really like that. I'm, I'm a big proponent of um, fake it till you make it. I hate that phrase because I don't feel like most of us are wandering around faking things. I think when we have that line that we get to cross and that's like brave, right? You went mm-hmm. down to the museum and handed them your stuff and said, you got a place for me. I mean, that's brave. Yeah. So <laughs> when you cross that line, you're no longer faking it. You're doing it. So I don't, you know, and I think by saying fake it till you make it, we're kind of discounting the journey and who we are and the skills Mm -hmm. and talents that we do have. So I just think you did it. You weren't faking it. You did it. You went for it. You learned, you created. And that's, I think if we want to truly find that, like you said, that beautiful triangle where everything lines up, we have to be willing to do that. And we have to be willing to own it. 
Yeah. And then the, the job after that was another interesting job too, because um, that job was limited. Once the space was built out, they didn't need me anymore. And um, a friend of mine, his brother-in-law had a, a repair computer repair company that he was starting. And he's like, I need business cards. I need a website design. I need like all this graphic design. And I was like, I guess I could do that too. I've never really, I mean, you know, I think graphic design's cool. I've never really done it. And he's all sweet. Here's a computer and here's the how-to manuals. Go for it. And um, I didn't know how to use a computer. I didn't know how to use Photoshop or any of these programs. And he just, he just sort of gave me all the, like all the tools and facilities that I needed to learn that stuff while I made stuff for him. And that was like another, you know, one, two year job that I absolutely still use things that I learned on that job to this day where it's like, again, if I didn't have that job, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have learned how to use these tools. I wouldn't have learned, you know, some of these just like odd skills that come in handy all the time. Uh, as far as graphic design and far as like promoting yourself and, 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 and like showcasing yourself and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, so again, that was another job where I was like, I don't know if I'm the perfect fit for this, but it became like, you know, essential to, I think my development as an artist. Yeah. And all these things are allowing you to do what you've always been meant to do, apparently since the age of 18 months, um, (laughs) which is put your art out in the world, right? So where did it go from there? What happened well, from think, there? Yeah, I think though, I always had like this, um, this North Star of like mm-hmm. this thing that I wanted to, almost like, um, uh, I heard someone refer to it this way, you like write the headline mm-hmm. of, of, of what, you, you know, the headline you want to read about you. And then you sort of make the story that justifies that headline, right? Yep. And so my headline for me was like concept artist in film and or in, in animation and video games. What a concept artist is, is, you know, anytime you see a character design or a, a location that they're at, like an artist has to come up with that out of nothing, right? They mm-hmm. have a blank sheet of paper and a blank canvas and they just start coming up with ideas and then it gets refined and turned into the thing you actually see. And so that was like my headline. I want, I want to be that. And so that's what I kept working towards. And even though I was doing these weird jobs, I was still doing like taking time, doing personal work that could be in this portfolio that I knew needed to be the thing to get me those jobs. And as I, my career progressed, you know, that I did get that concept art job. I ended up working at blue sky studios, um, which uh, I worked on the ice age films. I worked on Horton, here's a who and Rio and, 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 um, epic working in these these art departments um, designing things and that was that was really cool but also there was you know along the way there was like you see ex- other things you experience other things you see other like people doing stuff that's really cool and interesting and so that headline changes mm-hmm. and and eventually the headline became independent artist right and, and that was, for me, it was someone who didn't, wasn't like totally reliant on a studio or totally reliant on a, a publisher, but someone who could be diversified enough in the things that they were working on that, that if any one thing was taken from them or if anything, one thing, you know, um, 
just wasn't working like it didn't collapse the entire like table right mm -hmm. and so um and so that's that's where i'm at now um you know while doing the animation jobs and the concept art there was also like again it was like i always wanted to have a personal project going something on the side building that um i guess that jake parker brand mm -hmm. um and having that thing grow and, and have people recognize me and my work and my name for for what it was independent of these other big projects that i was working on mm -hmm. and eventually in 2013 i completely like just came home and started working from home and i've been doing that since since then uh, eight years now that's cool i like that you talked about how it changes because i know even on my own my journey because i think we all go on similar journeys to what you're describing here where we have that north star even when we're unaware of it sometimes right and i think those in business especially that are really successful it's because they know it they're not just mm -hmm. letting the universe the world kind of right. push them around <laughs> they see that north star and they're fighting for it right um, but so we all have that thing. And I know for me, it was so funny. It was like four or five months ago that I realized at the age of seven, I knew what I wanted to do at the age of 12. I wanted to do, but like you, I'd been on many journeys gathering these mm -hmm. pieces. And now here I am finally getting to do the thing I wanted to do. Like how cool, but it took me mm -hmm. a lot of years. I'm not going to say how many years, cause that would <laughs> age me and tell you how old I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's, really cool and your headline changes and i think part of why your headline changes is not that your north star changed it's like you said you're exposed to new things new ideas and it's really just taking it's making that north star brighter and brighter and it's like the rays are going out further you know um so mm -hmm. that you yeah. it's more encompassing than it was maybe initially because you didn't know and your brand I'm like i got lots of points apparently right now but your <laughs> your brand i love that because I think if we really want to impact the world, if we really want to do our thing fully, mm -hmm. whoever we are, whatever North Star we have, we have to have our own brand. We have to have our own story and not be like everybody else's or else you get lost in the noise. And right. yeah. the world doesn't need more noise. We got enough of that. Right. And I think people too, like I used to cringe at that, like brand that's, that's for like companies, but it really like, you know, once you think about it, when once if you are trying to make this, I won't even say make a business, but make some sort of impact, right? Um, with with what you're doing, you have to set yourself apart from other people. So you know, people need to be able to recognize you as something unique and, and different, and that comes down to um, the language that you use, you know, the tone that you use, and all your um, communications. Um, even like, um, it comes down to like the colors you use. And, and if you post on social media, if there's a, a, th a thread going, you know, a mm -hmm. color thread going, I'm a visual person. So obviously, but that helps too. So that when, uh, when someone sees that color, they, they think you, you know, mm -hmm. and for me too, like, I, I thought, well, I, you know, I, I'm going to get a logo, <laughs> a JP logo. And the reason for that wasn't like, I didn't, you know, it wasn't any sort of like, uh, you know, a, a, a vanity thing, but it was, I want, I'm doing a lot of products and books, my own self-publishing and, and things like that. And I want to have something that connects all of them also to my social media accounts. Cause I, you know, a lot of social media 
accounts, they have like a person's face, you know, you, you, you put your face on there and I get that. And there's really good reasons for doing that. But for me, I was like, well, I can't put my face on the binding of a book. <laughs> you know, I went, when someone looks at my, my books on the bookshelf, they're going to see my name and then I can't put like my face on there. So I thought, let's put a logo on there and I'll use that logo, you know, for my avatar and social media. And that way, even when I go and do like a, um, a convention or a table at a show or something like that, I put that logo on the, on the banner too. Mm -hmm. So it's like connecting everything. People see that logo and think, oh yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, I do follow that guy. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my two cents on branding. <laughs> no, I think branding is, um, important. And I think like you said, it, it's important to brand it to you. Like you wanted to do books. So that was a very intentional thing. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I know in my brand, the things, some of mine have been very intentional and some have not been like, I think food humor is hilarious. You know, let's talk about it kind of a thing. Uh -huh. And <laughs> really nerdy. I think it's hilarious. Well, I hadn't been posting that in my brand because I was more about motivation and self-help and mindset and all these right. things. Right. Right. And then one day I was just feeling low. So it's like, you know, I'm going to post some, something that I think is funny. It mm -hmm. was hilarious, the response. And now it's become part of my brand because people mm -hmm. know me for it and send me food jokes. <laughs> so yeah. I just think, like you yeah. said, it's got to be authentic to you, whether it's intentional or apparently for me, unintentional. But authenticity right. is really important when you're building your brand. Well, it's another contact point, right? And so mm -hmm. you have all these like contact points and if there's other people who have those same like things in their lives the, like the more contact points you have the more connection and like engagement you get so you have to like put them out there and and, and kind of you know here's I'm, I'm into food or for me it's like I love Star Wars so when someone you know thinks mm -hmm. of Star Wars or sees Star Wars they hopefully they they can tie it back to me and like oh yeah Jake would like this you know so that, that's and that is what they do. Cause like I said, I get food humor all the time now. Like right. literally people think it's funny. I thought of you. And when I went, when I went on my Pinterest, it was like, Hey, Bridgette, we found some stuff for you. And it was nerdy food humor was literally the category it had like, you know, how it is the algorithm. So yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> it is hilarious. It's a weird, um, have you had anything like that happen? So you've made a lot of intentional choices. Has any unintentional things happened that have surprised you maybe for the good negative, like things that have just come about on your journey that you didn't expect? Yeah. Things I didn't expect. I mean, that early on the, the getting laid off was like not a part of the plan. Right. What? Um, right. Um, with these jobs, what was interesting is that because I, um, I was, trying to get in, you know, to, to, to fill out this headline of me being a, a concept artist for animation. Um, it meant that I had to go where the jobs were. And so we ended up moving from Arizona to Los Angeles then from Los Angeles to Dallas, where there's a studio there. And then blue sky studios was up in Connecticut. So we moved up to Connecticut and lived there for five years. And then I ended up teaching at uh, BYU for, uh, three, about three semesters, a year and a half, two years there. And um, that took us to Utah and ended up staying in Utah because it's such a great place to live. Mm -hmm. um, but like, these were all just kind of like surprising things where, you know, you, again, you like, should we move? Well, there's opportunity there. And, 
and, and, you know, maybe, you know, who knows what's going to happen and it feels right. So we get there and then pretty soon you have like friends in all these places and, and you meet people you never would have met before. And, and you make these friendships that, you know, never would have happened had you stayed in that one spot and you have all these different experiences that you never would happen. Maybe this isn't the exact question that you had, but, but some of these surprising things were just like, ended up being, um, I think, kind of detrimental to my like creative growth and also our family's growth too. Um, because the background images change so much mm -hmm. and the only constant has been like family relationships. Um, it's definitely brought our family close together and it's helped me to like be able to um, draw inspiration from the family and also mm -hmm. from the changing backgrounds and, and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't recommend, I don't recommend like moving all over the country just for the, the sake of it. But, you know, if a, if an opportunity arises and it seems kind of scary, but, but makes sense, like go for it, like try it, you know, mm -hmm. try living overseas or try living on the East coast or try moving out to the desert, you know, yeah. <laughs> see what happens. Well, why not? I always think, um, we do this anxiety tool in our family because we got a lot of anxiety going on here, but we just talk about what, like, what's the worst that could happen and really like dive in, like, what is the worst? And we name it and we call it out. And usually when we call it out, we realize it's actually not that bad. The worst yeah, is not the worst. Good exercise. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Like right. really, truly. I mean, and then you can do the opposite with it. Well, what's the best thing that could happen? And when you start talking about, you know, the knowledge you gain and the experience you gain, mm -hmm those really actually outweigh the worst by a lot. So, yeah, I think that's cool. good. That reminds me too, like, like when you are independent, self-employed, like everything falls on you. And there's, mm -hmm. there's been days where I'm just like immobile. I'm on the floor staring at the ceiling and I'm like, I don't know what to do next. There's so much, there's like, I'm, I'm in over my head. I don't know. And Allison will actually, she'll sit me down. She'll be like, okay, let's make a list. Okay, let's go through this list. Now, what would happen, you know, what's the five most important things? What happens if you don't do this other stuff? You know, what's the worst that could happen? And uh, and by the end of that, I'm just like, oh, I got this. This is no problem. <laughs> you know, I, I've got a plan to move forward. And since then, I've been able to like make, what I do is I make the my own planner every mm -hmm. every year. So this is like my 2021 planner. This is where my graphic design skills have um have come in, in handy and it's just you know i just make sure there's like a to-do list and every hour of the day is like um e either planned out or i i record what i did that hour so i can look back and see you know that time wasn't wasted the time was spent or or was wasted and i know not to do that in the future so you do your inventory that's so smart to go back and do like a quarterly inventory looking at your time and how did it, what, what worked, what fell apart? Like you said, what things right. were helpful, what was not actually that um, fruitful in your efforts. Because right. <laughs> I know a lot of times I'll spend a lot of effort on something and then nothing happens with it. And I'm like, well, man, if I had focused on the five, like you said, like Allison <laughs> said, she's so wise, five <laughs> important things, maybe I wouldn't have wasted all that time. So that's really smart. I like that advice. Wrapping up here, what would be the advice that you would give someone who maybe is scared 
to take that, you know, that step over the line of what's coming up to them, the new opportunity, the passion that they have that they've been maybe scared to fully go for because, you know, I feel like um, a lot of times we're conditioned that we need to, I have kids I'm all over, but I have kids. I have one that is very, very by the book. Like you mm-hmm. get perfect grades, you're going to go to school and then you will have this life. And she has A, B, C, D. And then mm-hmm. I have one who's a little creative kiddo and he's all over the place. He's like, and then I'm going to be an entrepreneur and then I'm going to build a computer and then I'm going to do a car. And he's very creative. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I've seen just in my own kids that they're, they're such a beautiful examples of we don't have to live life one way or the other, that there can be success mm-hmm. both ways. And I think mm-hmm. in our culture, though, a lot of times we get stuck in my oldest child's way where it's like, no, this, I have to check this box, then this box, then this box. And then sometimes when we check the boxes, it works out. And sometimes it doesn't. And a lot of times when we're checking, so busy checking the boxes, we're not doing the things that we're passionate about or that we feel called to do. So for those people who are in that spot who are like, oh my gosh, maybe I checked the boxes, but I'm not happy. Or man, I really want to do this, but I don't know how. How would you encourage people to A, identify that Northern star and B, go for it? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think there there needs to be like, an, uh, uh, like a personal inventory. Like, what are you going to be upset with yourself if you don't do, you know, mm-hmm. like, like looking back, you almost have to answer this question, like in 10 years, if I don't do this, will I be, it'll be fine and I won't regret it or will there be a big regret? And I think that like, I'm always trying to think, you know, I like thinking in these one year, five year, 10 year sort of increments mm-hmm. where, you know, if I do, do say no to this, am I going to be okay with that? And if the answer is, is no, like you already feel a little bit of anxiety, just thinking that that's not going to be a part of your story, then you probably should try that out. And then I think the other thing too, is um, making sure there is opportunity there or, or that it does, there is um, maybe some it does make some sense on some level. It doesn't have to make sense to everyone, but if it makes sense to you on some level to yep. go down that path. Um, and I think you find people to like, I, I, uh, you know, this is advice I give all the time, but I think your success in life, and this is to people, um, you know, just starting out your success in life has a lot to do with who you decide to spend your life with, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you get, get married or not, but who you surround yourself with. And specifically, if you do get married, that person that you pick, that person believes in you and trusts you and is willing to like, tell you to shut up when you're being dumb, but also like completely back you up when, you know, when, when they see it's something you, you really want, like that can make a huge, huge difference in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you don't have that, if that person's not on board with, you know, your North Star and your headline, then it's not going to, it's not going to happen. So I would say, I guess those three things, like find the right person to, to be with. And mm-hmm. maybe that person, maybe you're with that person and, and they aren't that person right now. That means there's some conversations that, that need to happen. Some, some, some work that needs to be done there so that you two can, can get on the right page. But, um, but I think that's a big one. And then I think 
like writing that headline and and looking at what you know projecting that future because 2031 is coming regardless Mm -hmm. right it'll be here just like 2011 is 10 years ago and and you want to be able to look back and be like oh yeah i i did it like i went for it even if you fail you know yeah at least at least you you'll you'll know okay that path didn't work and and i know that you know i know where to go now Mm -hmm. but um but but yeah i I would look at i look at it that way that that sort of projection the other thing too it's even if you're not sure where to go or how to go or how to get to there as long as you're doing things day to day that are investments and i don't you know not necessarily financial ones but like skill investments relationship investments um, mental investments where the thing you're doing is actually going to compound instead of you know, instead of just wasted away, um, you'll always be in a good spot, regardless of what you decide to do. So, um, so I, I'm just, you know, I, I think a thing that that waste time should be like done after you do the thing that's going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's going to like compound an interest over time, right? The investment. So, I hope that I hope that. Yeah, no. Actionable for some people. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I think that's great. And one of the things I was thinking as you were talking about finding your person is sometimes I think we have our north star and our heart and our mind and we're like going for it, but we haven't communicated mm-hmm. that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think sometimes a huge part of with your your person, whoever that person is, is to communicate what your north star is. I actually am reading Think and Grow Rich. Um which I feel like I've read before, but it's fresh right now in my mind. Um, but one of the things they're talking about is the most successful people in history always have that somebody, they have somebody mm. behind them that they're cheering them on and helping them through it. So I think that that is a huge part of it is having that someone. Um, so yeah. And then the three things, like you said, doing the things before the TV shows or whatever else it is in mm-hmm. 10 years, you're not going to regret turning off the TV and doing your thing, but you would regret if you turn off, if you turn on the TV and didn't do the thing. So it's (laughs) like, like you said, projecting out, I think is so powerful. So thank you for those tips. Those are great. All right, Mr. Dick, it has been wonderful, wonderful having you on the podcast. I loved ever you're hearing your story and sharing um, how you march the beat of your own drum, how you've really taken the talents that you have and grown them and done the thing that you've always wanted to do. So that is really, really cool. If somebody wants to find you, how, mm-hmm. how do they find you? Uh, so it's mrjakeparker.com is my website. And from there, you'll be taken to YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, where I somewhat active. I haven't done a YouTube video in six months. It's about time I did another one, but uh, it's time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's time. But yeah, uh, Instagram is at Jake Parker. Um, uh, Facebook, it's Jake Parker Art. Um, and then my web, my website. So if you just want to see more or, 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 or learn more, um, anything that I'm doing, I'm talking about it on those on those channels. So you can check it out. Awesome. And you um, are doing a cool giveaway, which is very exciting. I love to do giveaways on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So do you want to tell what the giveaway is? I forget. <laughs> it was... Uh, <laughs> 
Okay, I wrote I it down. Writing it down. Yes, it was a free digital edition of your one of your art books. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if you put in what was the uh, strong and strong capable? Strong and capable. Yep. Yeah. If you if, so, if you go to my website, you go to shop.mrjakeparker.com. It's the link right up at the, the top right, and you go to one of the um, one of the digital downloads. Um, you could get it for free if you put in the code strong and capable. That's so, very cool. Yeah. So thank so. you. Thank you for that. And thank you for spending time with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of the strong and capable podcast with our theme this year of saying yes to life. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends on all the social media things because we're everywhere. You can find me on Instagram at Bridget, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R. Or you can find us on Facebook at The Strong and Capable. That's the free community. And if you're thinking, hmm, it's time for me to live awake, fully step in to who I am and who I can be, then go to www.thestrongandcapable.com backslash awake or you can just go to our homepage, and you'll find how to sign up there from that point i will add you to our private facebook group and you will be zooming with us every week it will be amazing i hope you have a good week remember you are strong and capable